What is up? My name is Kevin Wu and I'm an online fitness coach who helps men in their 20s lose weight and get asked for the first time through mindset, nutrition, and training. That's enough about me. Let's get right into today's episode. Hey, what's going on? Today is Tuesday and that means I get on a podcast with my folks, aka my clients, and we talk about a couple things. We talk about mind wealth connection. I'm going to give you some tips on how to feel your back, your chest, your biceps, keeping recipes simple yet effective with a variety from meal prepping. Avoiding burnouts and plateaus because those suck. Supplements to burn belly fat. I actually give you a couple over here. I don't just say, oh, it's all diet. It's all exercise. Even though your diet's going to play the biggest role. Uh, reading your body and knowing what type of soreness, how to prevent injury. Break down a tempo. What I do with my clients. Points to maximize strength for cutting. And how to recover after workouts. So I've got a whole list of topics over here. So let's go dive right in. First up is the mind most connection. Now this one, I make a lot of videos on. This is probably one of the ones that kind of really, I guess, blew my social medias across all platforms because I don't really see as many people kind of talking about this or kind of showing those sort of tips. But these actually, when I first learned them, I was like, holy shit. And like, this is something when you watch the video and you like try it right away, you're like, wow, you feel it right away. You feel that difference. And that's probably why I gained a lot of traction on my social media platforms when I did kind of introduce these ones. Uh, so I'm going to start off with back tips because I personally have the hardest time growing my back for the life of me. I know my biceps would always grow. My arms would always grow because I was using a lot more biceps than my back. So I'm going to give you guys some like back mind muscle connection tips and little things you guys can use. Now, there's a couple of different ones. Uh, start off with like the lat pull down. Now, lap hold downs generally don't feel relaxed as much as your mid-back, but a lot of people kind of really feel a lot of the biceps. So if you guys, if you want to try it with me over here, you guys more than can. So a couple things I like to kind of think about when I do like the lap pull down itself is one, I basically don't have the bar too far out. It's a little outside shoulder width. And then I almost like bring my traps down a little bit. So like my traps are not hunched up. So I'll just bring my shoulders away from here. So that's kind of start off with. And I always think about driving down with my elbows because if you guys think about pulling down the weight, which is, I guess, in the name, chances are you're going to use a lot more biceps. So always think about trying to bring your elbows down towards your hips. That's the first thing I like to think about. Try to touch my elbows down towards my hips. And right away, if you try even like that cue, try to bring your elbows to your hips, you're going to feel it a lot more in your back versus trying, especially when you're doing the exercise, just trying to pull that weight. Chances are you probably use a lot more biceps, right? That's just the kind of nature of that. And that's what a lot of people have a struggle with and really feel their back. And especially being a muscle they can't see in the mirror, a lot of people are going to struggle with that one. Now, a little tip too as well, I'm doing those kind of pull down. This all applies to pretty much all the pull down motions, whether it's or like a pull up, for example, because the same kind of the motion is always think about pretty much driving the elbow down towards the hip itself. And that's the biggest one. And then on the way up to as well is actually a little cue that I personally learned that really helps a lot is I almost think about like it just was a little bit more tricky but when you're resisting the weight I almost like to think about trying to touch my biceps together and what that really does is like I'm not trying to force it but rather kind of let like, go slowly touch my biceps together because that kind of almost gets that little more of a stretch of that lat kind of feel versus kind of just letting it go straight up and yeah you won't really feel it as much so if you guys almost think about trying to touch your biceps in the way that they're coming up like that, you're probably going to feel your lats a little bit more on back, uh, especially pull-down exercise or pull-ups. All right. Um, with going rowing motions, rowing motions are very popular too as well. I personally struggle to feel my back a lot of these ones. Big cue. Pretty much any back motion, you really want to think about driving with your elbows, never with your hands. I always like to think about driving my elbows 
down towards my hips over here. Almost. Imagine like you're elbowing somebody, like if someone's back behind you and you're trying to elbow them, that's basically kind of the motion you want to do when you're doing the rowing motions. Because a lot of people, they pull a lot with the biceps. And you're going to notice that usually it's like higher up to his wall. So I always like to think about when I'm doing like my rows itself, bring my elbow down towards my hips. I'm trying to elbow someone back behind me. So that's pretty much my uh, best cue when it comes to like rowing motions over there. You guys could definitely try and implement them right now itself or even in the gym. Guarantee you feel more. All right, now chest for my muscle connections. I'm not going to go through all every single muscle just because it's a lot itself. We have a lot of topics, but I'm just going back chest and the biceps itself just because some of the other ones um, explaining them are a lot kind of like harder itself and just like in this kind of standpoint. Uh, but chest, and these are the most popular ones for us to do, is uh, chest. I personally would always kind of feel my shoulders lots more when I was doing pressing motions before. Like was bench press, dumbbell bench press, machine chest press, anything like that. Or even like flies, I'd feel my chest so much more. And some things that really kind of help me out are, is my traction, my shoulder blades. So you got to remember the antagonist muscle, basically it's the muscle opposing chest is my back. So they always kind of work in like unison. So when you do kind of, let's say, press up, you don't want to go extend too far forward. Where pretty much your chest sag down because that all that tension goes to your chest, right? You want to stop right about the point where your chest is nice and up still. And you always, you kind of have to play around with that kind of like sweet spot because it's a very kind of subtle difference between this, we're watching, and this, right? Because one of them, all my tension is going to my shoulders. The other one is a chest. The second one with my shoulders hunched forward like that, I could definitely push more weight though, right? So it's not about the weight. It's about using that specific muscle um, in that specific lift. Now, when it comes to chest to his wall, a big thing is the protraction, retraction, of your shoulder blades. So when you guys do come down, let's say, you want to think about squeezing a pencil between your back, right? Just really opening it up. Cause when you do that and really squeeze that there, then your chest almost like pops up. It opens up itself and that's going to allow your chest to actually work more cause it's getting stretched more, right? So any pressing motion, when you guys do come down, you're letting the shoulder blades come together where your chest is high. Then when you do press up, you're letting it protract, but not all the way so your chest is still nice and high up but not all the way where pretty much your chest is flat so another big thing i like to think about when i'm pressing is i like to think about actually driving my biceps into the side of my chest that's one cue or if you guys don't resonate with that cue i like to think about touching my biceps to get it to as well i'm personally dabbling more with the driving my biceps into the side of my chest right now and i'm feeling that a lot more before i used to just do the biceps um this is like kind of playing around with the different ones now Whatever key works best for you itself, that's what I would stick with. But yeah, basically drawing my biceps into the side of my chest. Because when you think about it itself, if you try right now, like really trying to drive biceps inside side of your chest, you guys are going to really kind of feel it. Versus a lot of people when they do pressing motions, like what I struggle with in the past, or if you guys are struggling right now, feeling your shoulders a lot more, you guys just press, pretty much pressing straight up like this, you aren't really going to feel much, right? So just using those small little cues itself, going to help out tremendously in actually growing your chest and whether, and actually getting more of the fine uh, figure. All right. Any questions on that one? I think someone muted, unmuted themselves or something like that. All right. If not, we're going to go to the bicep cue. So bicep cue. I had a quick question, if you don't mind. Tell yeah. me. So what's the distance we should keep, say, if we are doing a barbell, uh, say, a bro, what do you call a barbell press? When you say distance, what do you mean? Oh, 
could it be distance? It could be placement of the bar. Where should we place it? In the sense like it should be right above the chest. It should be between a chest and a stomach. And also the hand positions. Should it be on the lines which are there? Kind of having a wide stance or a, you know, close stance. Yeah, so two for the positions. One, the hand might be a little bit different for everybody just because of like how wide your frame is. Like I'm a wider guy, so I could generally go a little bit wider. But general rule of thumb is if I go with my hands out front, it would be like one and a half kind of like times over there. So just kind of outside or that shoulder width apart, uh, more for the chest. If you guys want to work your triceps, you want to be pretty much straight in front over there, right? Um, as far as the position of where the barbell you want to land it on, pretty much when you lower the bar, you want it pretty much at the nipple kind of level itself. Like when you lower that bar right there, that makes sense. Does that answer your question? Yep. Or... Gotcha. Yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. You're welcome, man. All right. So driving to the bicep tip itself, uh, when I'm doing a burls, it's pretty simple. I like to think about driving my forearm into my bicep. So it's literally all I think about. It's like when I'm doing curl, drive my forearm into my bicep over there. And that's a nice little cute to really kind of get that squeeze. Now, on the very bottom two as well, I like to think about flexing my tricep because when you flex your tricep like that, that means you can no longer further go any back. And that's when your bicep is getting that full stretch because when your antagonist muscle, which is the opposite muscle of your bicep, your tricep is pretty much squeezing, then this means this is fully stretched out. So driving my forearm into my bicep, then all the way down, I squeeze my tricep and repeat that. So that's what I like to do with my biceps over there. It's very straightforward and very simple. And every time I do these exercises, I pretty much always kind of think about these cues to a certain extent over there, or at least one of them. Now, especially when I first kind of really learning them, I do it every, every single set. But now, right now itself is I do it for, let's say like most of them itself, except maybe when I'm at the failure kind of points or reaching like one or two reps at the failure. Um, I'm not really as concerned about using my muscle connection. I'm more concerned about kind of just really, really using every last, last bit of energy. Because usually when you are pushing yourself to that failure itself on every single exercise or when you're doing the sets, you probably are going to use a little other muscles to compromise. Your form's not going to be hundred percent on those ones. If you truly are going to that failure kind of range itself, it makes sense. All right. Next one is keeping recipes simple yet effective a variety for meal prepping. Now, if you do a combination kind of standpoint on this one, there'd probably be like a million different varieties. I'm going to give you a little example. So top four things to do itself is going to be a change the spices, B change the sauces, three change of the cooking methods for uh, change up the type of protein carb or the vegetables so i'm gonna give you guys some examples let's just say your very classic chicken rice and broccoli instead of the rice you could do chicken potatoes and then broccoli and if you want to switch up like the protein source i don't know you could do like ground turkey rice and broccoli or white fish rice and broccoli itself if you want to switch up the vegetable you could do like a chicken rice and the green bean with each combination you can either switch up the spice let's just say i uh, use roasted garlic and peppers for the chicken itself on the chicken and then i can switch it up to like vicky's or like uh a montreal smoked itself next week or for next week itself or this week i can use sugar-free barbecue sauce there's a million different flavors of that and i still could use a uh, honey mustard and next week i could use i don't know a little organic teriyaki sauce i found this little one low calorie one i called the other day but basically if you do multiple multiples of all of this stuff it comes down to a million different combinations or even cooking methods like i for example I grilled my chicken the other day. Oh my God, it tastes so amazing. Like I've been air frying my chicken. I love air fried chicken, don't get me wrong. But even grilling itself, I was like, holy shit. Like, like I could, I could devour like a million of these chicken breasts itself. Like I want to. 
And so even change up the cooking methods once again. You could grill it, you could smoke it, you could air fry, you could bake it, you could pan fry it itself. You can definitely add some variety over there. And if you want to change up the protein source itself, you're more than welcome to. I'll give them that falls into like the lean source itself. We're using my finished style meat those macros. Or you can switch up like the carb source, like let's just say rice for potatoes, or potatoes for quinoa, or potatoes for couscous, or potatoes for a different potato, sweet potato itself. There's a lot of variation there. Or even the vegetable, if you don't want to use broccoli, you use asparagus, you use zucchini, you use cucumber. Because see all these little variations, they can all make things very effective in a simple standpoint and variety from meal prepping. Because that was basically the question over there. So that's going to be kind of straightforward. All right. That's a lot of things I do personally too as well. It's say if I really want to have some little variety over there or switch things up, but keep it very kind of simple and effective. But also a big part of my focus right now is digestion. Because I am doing a bodybuilding show and make sure my foods are getting digested properly. Like I did switch up one of my proteins, like an eye round steak, which is basically a very, very lean steak. It takes longer to digest. It's a lot more chewing. And then I noticed definitely I was more like gassy after, even though it's a very, very clean food itself. But basically my stomach and my digestion system didn't agree with it. So I just cut that out. I have, I, I always buy like in bulk. So I bought like five pounds of it and I ate like a pound of it. And then I just cooked the rest and I froze it for after my show itself, just because I don't want to screw up my results in my show right now. And it's not really digesting kind of properly or my body doesn't agree with it in that sense. Right. So I just bought some different kind of protein, some white fish, some salmon itself. And I'm doing fine with those ones right now. All right. So with that being said, avoiding burnout slash plateaus, I would say the number one biggest one is, um, take your rest days. Right. Cause sometimes people, when they first, especially start on their fitness side of things, they're like, I'm going to work out seven days a week. I'm just going to do an hour of cardio every single day. Right. And that's going to link to burnout itself, especially if you guys are just chasing this goal, but you also never really done working out before, really can be committed that much. That could straight lead to burnout. Right. I did seven days a week right now itself, uh, which I'm pretty much doing every single cardio every single day or working out or doing something like that. Like I'm literally doing an hour of cardio every single day right now for me, my show itself which is a fucking lot. Also, <laughs> how much? Um, yes, but taking your rest days could definitely kind of help in the mental kind of standpoint and realize that workouts will always feel easy. Like right now itself, I'm in that phase where it's definitely a grind. But even when I wasn't in my prep phase, even just like on and off here and there, because I've worked out for 10 years now, it's not it's not always going to feel easy. It's not always going to feel like those moments, like, like some of you guys are absolutely thriving right now on it and that's good right that's going to happen from time to time itself sometimes it's going to be like okay it feels great i'm getting it done and sometimes it's going to be a challenge right so we always have these periods where some of the times it feels harder itself and not the exact same right you just have to kind of like push through those periods itself and that's why a lot of people kind of like fall off or let's say a lot of people let's say worked up back in like high school or when they're 16 and in total lifespan, maybe it's like to work out for like 13 years, right? But it's very on and off. That's because they they quit, right? Or, you know, they kind of gave in to that aspect. But if you actually never quit, you will see tremendous growth, right? Tremendous changes itself and that kind of aspect. Because in the 10 years that I've been working out itself, longest I ever took off was one week. And that was back in 2018 when I was flew to pretty much Europe itself and you went to this music festival. Um, yeah, so they didn't really have anything there, but I can remember exactly because I, that was only literally one week I took off in 10 years. All right. So next up is me switch out exercise you hate. So let's just say if you hated the bench for some reason, just let me know. I'll switch it out for you. Like for example, I absolutely hate the barbell hip thrust just because of the positioning of it. 
the setup and the whole movement. Like I absolutely hate them itself and I would dread every single or body day itself. And I asked my coach to switch it. And yeah, we did switch that one, but then I started to look forward to them more itself and actually doing those workouts and that kind of aspects. If you absolutely do hit an exercise, just let me know. I'll switch it out for you because at the end of the day, if you hit an exercise a lot too, as well, your chances are you're probably not going to push as hard and you're not going to um, get those results that you would get to say doing the exercises that you didn't kind of hate itself and able to push more with, right? It's just a natural kind of nature of it. If you hate something, you probably wouldn't give it as much kind of effort uh, regardless or just, you know, might grudge it or have more hate energy towards it. So you're not really focusing on adding more weights. All right, so I hope that clears up some things there. If anybody has questions, drop them in the chat or just unmute themselves. Uh, supplements to burn belly fat. Now, there actually are a few of them that can actually help itself in this aspect, but nothing is going to beat your diet 100% because that's the most effective thing to burn your belly fat. Now, I'm going to start off no particular order. Is Number one is Yohimbine. Now, Yohimbine is something that it only really works when you're fasted, though. So if you do, let's say, take a fasted first thing in the morning, then do cardio, you're going to get the effects of it. If you're not fasted itself, let's say you work out later or you don't do any cardio itself, it doesn't do anything really, but it can cause a risk to people with higher blood pressure, heart or kidney or liver disease itself. And it is banned pretty much, I believe, in the Canada itself uh, for that particular kind of reason. Now, basically, you would take 10 milligrams every single day fasted with doing some fasted kind of cardio. Or if you do like workouts kind of fast, it can help out really burn that little stubborn belly fat a little bit over there. And studies kind of have shown that. Now, some people don't really do well with your hembine and they feel like throwing up itself. Like I know a couple people who have that kind of effect. I personally am taking this one right now and do my fast kind of cardio in that kind of aspect. And yeah, so your hembine is one of them. Caffeine is a very popular one itself. Most guys do take some form of that, whether it's coffee or that's tea or pretty much a pre-workout. Three to four milligrams per kilogram body weight is more of like the effective dose itself. If you guys never really use caffeine, two to three milligrams per kilogram is more than enough, right? So for example, if you're 100 kilograms, like 220 pounds itself, then taking like 300 milligrams per day from that kind of aspect, it wouldn't be very sufficient, right? But I'd probably recommend a little bit lower if you don't really take that. So two to three milligrams, maybe you take two milligrams per kilogram on there. So maybe 200 milligrams if you're like 100 kilograms instead. All right, now, next is a veteran. So it's marked as a nasal decongestion. This one is banned in pretty much like adding to other supplements itself in America, also Canada, just because of the uh, caution kind of risk and potential side effects with being blurred vision, fast pounding, irregular heartbeats, headaches, like headness, dizziness, or fainting, slow or fast heartbeats, unusual tiredness. But this one is something that I personally really notice an effect on. Uh, in terms of need to do the congestion, I actually feel like I do breathe better on it. Uh, stimul it's basically a stimulant itself, taking 16 milligrams, uh, one dose, and then three hours later, take another 16 milligrams. You don't want to overdo it. Usually it's paired with caffeine in that sense. Um, and you could also do aspirin if you want to make it last longer. It basically increases energy, wakefulness, and ability to kind of breathe or slash give you more energy so you could push a little bit harder. But you definitely will notice um, the breathing is a little better, but also more energy and your heart rate might be more pounding a little bit harder itself. So this one kind of used with caution, definitely want to use a little bit more on the lower end if you do use that. And you definitely, with any stimulant, you want to cycle on and off of these ones over here. So that being said, I sometimes add this at some points to some people's cuts 
depending on how far they are into it. And we kind of play around with it on the lower end of the dose. So I don't believe uh, any guys on this call right now have this on there, but I do kind of have that in usually way later kind of on or when it points where maybe head plateau over there because these things can help uh, take it to the next level. All right, so Garcini Combona is a popular one too as well that when I used to work at GNC, a lot of people look for it. But it's basically just uh, to decrease your appetite. It doesn't really have anything directly on the fat burning. The other ones kind of do. Now, this one itself obviously would decrease appetite. If you eat less calories, then you'll burn the kind of fat in that sense, but it's not direct. Now, green tea extract can help boost metabolism very slightly too as well, but so, so minimal in that kind of regards. And people kind of over-exaggerate the effects of those ones. Uh, so that's in the bottom of the list. So with that being said, if anybody has questions on those ones or want to look more into them themselves, uh, you guys can let me know. I'll be happy to send you some things over there. All right, so reading your body and knowing types of soreness, basically how to prevent injury. Now, this one is a very interesting kind of topic because I didn't realize I was in a position where I was overtraining before when I was younger because I was literally seven days a week, twice a day because that's what I did and I wanted to get as big as I could itself and that's what i thought you had to do literally train as much as you can so i didn't realize all these signs of where i was you know getting more sick feeling fatigued all the time i thought all these were kind of normal especially pushing myself but definitely overtraining, and i definitely would have got injured in some time sooner or later if i kept going with that all right so i would say listen to your body and this is one thing that when i look back on itself i had a couple overtraining periods and i realized one of them especially when i got one of my newer coaches so more so in like January, he definitely put me on a high volume program and I experienced all the exact same things I did before. And then I let him know and we decreased the volume, actually decreased even more itself because I was still feeling those effects. Uh, but basically is if you're experiencing pain, discomfort, constant fatigue, this is a big one that I personally felt. I was always fatigued itself, definitely need to take more naps all the time itself and gelable wise. And this is like compared to uh, your kind of baseline, right? So let's just say before you are working out itself, you had kind of better energy levels. Now you're constantly fatigued itself now. So you always have to compare it to like a baseline because everybody's a little different in that aspect. Um, so if you're feeling constantly fatigued like all the time, just day to day sluggish, need to take naps in that aspect, getting more sick more often, like having more running noses, sneezing, or something like that, some more pain, discomfort, and just achy. Those are good signs that you're probably overtraining and we need to take a deload or, or pretty much decrease the volume or look at some other factors if you're not eating enough protein, getting enough sleep or something like that to actually um, fix that, right? Because it's usually under recovery problem, um, which is the biggest case, right? So under recovery is usually fixed by some other factors. All right. Secondly is differentiate between muscle soreness and muscle like pain itself. Because we're all going to experience muscle soreness. Like, you know, after you hit like a chest day, especially the first time you work out, you're sore for like, you know, like two days, three days, maybe itself. But if you guys experience like sharp, intense pain, after an exercise, it could be an actual like, injury or something else like that. So you guys have to really learn to associate the different ones because um, just, you know, like chest pain in the sense of hitting a chest day is not the same as like, you know, ripping chest fibers, right? And I personally never hurt myself in that extent where like a tore muscle or something like that. So I can't give you the exact, exact feeling, but I could tell you what other people have told me itself. And it's usually like a sharp or intense kind of pain itself. And yeah, so you guys should kind of have a better kind of idea. Usually, um, you should know all right so incorporate rest and recovery because recovery is crucial right actually giving your body the time to repair between the workouts like rest days uh taking time between like working out sessions hit the next muscle group also prioritizing sleep quality uh good sleep uh, and also hydration food wise 
will help out. Now, you do have to remember, too, as well, that when you're on a calorie deficit, it's going to be hard for your body to recover just because calories are energy. And what a calorie deficit is, is basically giving your body less energy than it burns. And that's going to be taking stored energy from your body and burning that off, right? So, you guys, giving excess energy itself, your body's going to be able to recover easily, right? So, you guys have to be mindful of that one just based off the standpoint of if you're cutting, it's going to be hard for your body to recover just regardless. All right. Now, proper technique and form obviously will help you out tremendously. You can always send me videos. I know a couple of people send me videos from here and there. I'll review over it. Happy to help you out, especially on the exercise that I knew, never done before itself, where you guys just feel something a little off. Just send them to me and I'll help you review over those ones. All right. Now, last but not least, actually, not last one, least, a couple other ones over here are going to be breakdown tempo. Really want to describe this one in a sense because all of you guys have some kind of tempo in your instructions, something like that. It's either two zero one zero one zero one zero or three zero one zero. I don't really like to use any other other temples unless on specific exercise. I'm like, okay, hold it at the ball for two seconds, three seconds, or one two count. Uh, besides that, if you guys see that itself, usually the first number is the eccentric. Well, always the first number is eccentric. So that's basically the lengthening of the muscle and lowering the lift. So in a dumbbell chest press, it'd be coming down to two one, and then the zero number, which second number is the pause. You don't have a pause it's zero and then the third number is a one if it's a one that means you're pressing up for one second so that's a concentric the contraction of the muscle and then the fourth number is how long will you pause the top which in the case of two zero one zero is zero so you wouldn't pause at all so be two one one two one one so the purpose the main purpose of actually temple work is to allow you to use your muscles to move the weight from point a to point b rather than just moving the weight Right? Because if I gave you guys no tempo or just a one zero one zero, most of you guys would probably just, you know, fly by the way. It's just like that. Right? So the point of working out, especially with weight training itself, is you want to use your muscles to move the weight and not your joints or any other muscles themselves. Right? Because a lot of times people overcompromise with other muscles or their like joints. And that's why they get, you know, their elbows hurt or their knees hurt or something like that, or just kind of feel off because they're stressing the joints way more than the muscles. And that's what the, big, the biggest point of the tempo is. And it's also increased time under tension, right? Because if let's say you did 10 reps and they were one second each, so it'd be one second, 10, 10 seconds total of your test, let's say under that tension. But if you do a two, zero, one, zero, basically three seconds total of your tension on your test, times up by 10 reps, you have 30 seconds where your chest is under tension, right? You just got to kind of see more of the math standpoint of how much more tension is going on your chest in that aspect. But the main, main purpose, like I mentioned, is to use your muscles to move the point, to move the weight from point A to point B instead of just moving the weights and using your joints, right? So that's why a big part of the temple work is which, where I added in. All right. Hopefully that makes sense over there. If you guys notice that on your instructions, I probably know why. All right. So points to maximize strength for cutting. I would say training volume is going to be a big factor. Most people think the more they do, the better itself, especially, you know, like I made the mistake. If you guys actually do too much, especially on a cut, like I mentioned earlier, where you're not filling your body with enough food, right? During a deficit, so you're actually taking away energy from your body and it's actually a stress to your body. Um, it'll be harder. So with that being said, most times it's going to be too much for the training volume, especially for trying to maximize strength. Lots of most of make actually itself when they kind of program their own. Uh, but remember recovery takes time, right? And I'd rather have you doing more training intensity. Your training volume if you guys want to maximize your strength over there 
uh, because the training intensity is always going to win, especially in an aesthetic standpoint, growing muscle, growing strength, any regards. Because of very rep ranges, like doing the five by five or doing like the three reps itself to do that. But most of you guys are trying to actually cut like more fat to his wall. Usually that's not going to be as great to do that. All right. So longer rest periods can actually help to as well. Like even three to five minutes on compounds. Like we did a barbell deadlift, barbell squat. You guys do three to five minutes can help in the strength kind of standpoint. If that's really your goal over there. I personally pretty much all the rest times between two to three minutes personally. All right. Can you go over a rest pause quickly? So rest pause uh, in very simple terms is a training intensities. Maybe one of you guys have it, two of you guys, something like that. So if you ever see it, programming your training intensity side of things is you do your first set. Usually you have a rep range. Let's say it's 10 to 12 reps. So you pick a weight that you can do 10 to 12 reps with, and then you very much push till failure. And you, let's say you got 11 reps, you rest 10 seconds. So you count down 10, nine, eight, seven. And then, you know, after 10 seconds, you go over later right again to failure. You might only get like four reps. And this is usually the same exact weight. And then after that, you would take the rest time of like two minutes or whatever is on your plan. So if that makes sense over there about rest pause. All right. So how to recover after workouts over there. A couple key tips is definitely hydration, right? If you guys are not drinking enough water itself, your body's made mostly of water. So you won't be able to actually, you know, uh, hydrate those muscles because they're going to need to, your muscles are mostly made of water too as well. And um, actually hydration helps move the nutrients around in your body and to your blood and all around, right? So that's a big key pro takeaway. Protein intake, hands down, number one. If you guys aren't getting enough protein, you will feel sore and you will not regrow over there. You will not rebuild those muscles. Adequate calories, like I mentioned, is easier to recover in a bulk, hard recover in the cuts. Uh, stretching mobility can potentially kind of help out itself. Um, if you guys want to kind of add a little bit into that one, in that aspect, if you guys have poor mobility, it could definitely impact your recovery in that sense. But if you guys have adequate mobility, it's okay. If you have great mobility, it doesn't really do too much. If you have poor mobility, it definitely can impact your recoverability. Uh, sleep, um, quality sleep is very important. So if you're waking up like 10 times a night, not great. If you guys sleep in like, let's say 12 a.m., waking up at 4 a.m. itself or sleeping at 1 a.m., waking up at 5 a.m., not great, right? So you guys want to definitely add tomorrow over there or improve the sleep quality of how many times you wake up uh, by doing a couple things. I can talk about that. Another one I did it before. Also lower your stress levels too as well because whether that's psychological stress or physical stress, was a physical stress is going to be, let's just say you actually working out, that's a physical stress, which would be great. But if you guys are doing that all the time, you won't be able to recover. And a psychological stress could be, I don't know, let's say you... Uh, you got in a relationship and then you broke up itself and that's psychological stress and that's going to have the same impact on your recovery itself as if you did like workouts for like two hours something like that's right but probably for a long period of time it's just the same hormones and getting alter in that sense but with the stress in terms of the working outside of things it's more of like the muscle kind of stress but in terms of actually like stress stress in your body and those hormones those cortisols um it's a little bit different kind of how they alter but the point is it's going to impact recovery and you definitely want to try to address that as much as you kind of can, right? So usually tackle all the stress kind of head on and sometimes we can't and we do alternative things to kind of, let's say, um, get your mind off that stress or kind of um, supplement with that stress, like, you know, things like going for a walk or something that can definitely kind of help out. All right, so that was it for the topics of the live today over here. So I'm going to go and that's recording. 
Thank you guys for tuning in to the Live to Inspire podcast, the number one podcast for men in the 20s trying to lose weight and get abs the first time. My mission is to inspire others to be the best version of themselves through fitness. So if you guys are tuning into this episode and want to lose weight and get your abs showing for the very first time, then DM me the words abs on Instagram at Kevin Wu underscore. That is K-E-B-I-N-W-U-W underscore. And we'll have a chat whether or not I can help you out lose that weight to get your abs showing for the first time. That is the ending of today's episode of the Live to Inspire podcast. If you learned something today, then make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss out on an episode. Also, if you leave a written review on this podcast, that'd be greatly appreciated because that pushes this podcast to more people just like you.